You know what, if I can just, uh, if you'll afford me the opportunity to chastise myself and you for just a minute, uh, you know, sometimes I wonder, you know, if you ever, if you're, if you're married and you look at your spouse or your spouse looks at you and says, your love will never let me go. You know, like, does that carry with it the weight that you would love for it to carry? Sometimes I, I, I picture myself, I've shared this with you before, when I'm, when I'm worshiping and I want to be like David and I want to be like dancing like crazy and, and, and no holes barred and loving it and yet I find myself being so tame. And, uh, and I just think that if someone were to come in and they knew nothing about the church, but we told them, you know, the, the church, this is the thing that changes the world. Putting your faith in Jesus is the thing that changes your whole life. And they came in and they only got to see me worshiping. And, and sometimes the way that I look in worship, I think they would say, you know what? I'll try something else. And so that's, that's, that's a, a challenge for me on a morning when I just, I get here and I, struggle to get going and then right at the end I, I see the last word that we sing a few times and it says Jesus your love will never let me go and I think man if that's true if all of this is true my worship has been pretty poor this morning um, so that's me thanks for letting me do that and not leaving um, have you ever said this have you ever said I know I've said it a bunch of times you said if I'd only known then what I know now and then you repeat that with a whole lot of other things. If I'd only known then what I know now, uh, I think the irony of that, especially the further you think back in your life, is when you say that, there was probably someone very close to you telling you all the things that you don't know now. And so the truth of it is, is what you could really say, if I had only listened to the people who know who knew more than me back then, you know, it probably would have turned out a lot different. Because there's usually somebody around us trying to say, hey, this is probably not going to be very good for you um, because they may have done it themselves or walked through it. I think also if I had known everything back then that I know now, if I take myself back 20 years to me at 12 and I knew everything at 12 that I know at 32, I'd probably be depressed. <laughs> would you not? You know what I would also do? I would definitely, on the day that you go to the the you know, like the college recruiting seminar, and they tell you all the money you can make at this in this career or that career, I would raise my hand very quickly <laughs> and tell them that, no, we're not making that money. This is a total lie. Stop telling us all that. But anyway, that's probably why I'd probably be depressed. But so there's some things, though, that, that we wish we had known back then. Some things we'll save for the future and we'll let the disappointment hit us when it comes. But there are a lot of things that, that we wish we had known then what we know now. I say that spiritually a lot, too. Uh, in, in the rearview mirror, I say a lot of times, God, I wish I had listened to you in that. I wish I had obeyed you in that. I, or maybe I just wish I had known what you wanted me to do. I wish I had taken the time to see what you were saying to me. In the midst of, of raising kids, I think about my relationship with my dad. I think about my pursuit of my own ambition. And oftentimes, way later, I look back and say, Man, God, I wish in those things I would have listened to at least the little bit that I knew you wanted me to do. And I wish that I would have done those things. Um, I know that, that, that doing that in that original place would have always, always saved me from a mountain of heartache. And so I wish that I would have done those things, and I wish I would have listened to God, and I wish I would have known then what I know now. 
And so what I want to begin to do is I want to spend the next couple months, and I want to together uh, begin to walk through this idea of learning to hear from God and really squashing, squishing or squashing, really stomping, um, really stomping the, the bug of regret and, and the lack of clarity when it comes to hearing and doing what God wants us to do in each and every one of life's situations. Because I believe that our lives will be incredibly richer if we will begin to hear what God has to say to us. Good place to start, uh, the Bible, 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. So we'll jump in 1 Samuel chapter 3 today. Here's what you're going to see in here, and I'm just going to, I'm just going to give you the punchline before I even tell the joke. I'm just going to start with that. But here's what you're going to see, and it's that obedience is the key to hearing God. And that's really the big idea. Obedience is the key to hearing God. You know, I got locked out of my truck. Um, this was like a couple years ago, and it was, uh, it was like, you know, one of those 103 days, and I'm locked out, and it's mega hot, and, and I gotta wait, and then not only do I have to wait, I gotta spend 40 or 50 bucks or whatever it costs to have somebody come and open the door, and, and, and in that moment, all that I needed were my keys. My phone was in the car, I had a meeting I was supposed to be at, and there was not one thing I could do about it. It was this total helpless feeling, cotton mouth, lots of problems, and I'm just sitting there thinking, all I need right now is the key. The key is the key to, to relief and to air conditioning and all the things that I need. And, and, and obedience is this key to accessing the great and powerful wisdom and all-knowing knowledge of a holy God who has walked everywhere that we've walked but did it completely without sin. And can you imagine the simple thing as obedience is the key to getting access to all that. First uh, Samuel chapter three verse one it says the boy ministered. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli, and in those days the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. I'm going to read that one more time. In those days the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. Forgive me, but I'm going to really chop this passage up. But but does that sound like some times that you have had in your life? If you spoke biblically, like in biblical terms, you would say, the word of the Lord is rare in my house these days. And between the fussing and the loud music and whatever else we've got going on, who would know if the Lord was trying to speak anyway? I don't even know when I'm trying to speak. I mean, it's so chaotic around here. The word of the Lord is rare in these days. And maybe you feel like these days have gone on for a lot of days. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. Instead of the wisdom of God leading us, we find ourselves in those kind of days just fumbling through it and hoping that we can recover before something really bad happens or before we have to face the repercussions of not really pursuing what God would have us to pursue. And we find ourselves in those days doing that. So what was it like in this time, you know, this time where God had nothing to say? Is that really the case? Is it really the case that in those times God was just like, well, you know, I just don't have that much to say right now. (laughs) And when something comes to me, I'll say it. So here's what's happening in those days, those kind of days that he's talking about. 
In those days, uh, in Israel, you're in what's called the period of the judges. And so from the time that Israel sort of gets to, they, they get out of Egypt and they get to finally become their own nation and do their own thing, they have these judges that rule over them. And you have a few good ones, and then you get closer towards the end, you get some real duds. One of them is this guy named Samson. You guys heard of Samson. He's the real strong one, had the long hair. And and here's some things. I was listening to the story of Samson uh, on where I happened to be in in the audio Bible, and uh, and I'm listening to it. And this guy was filthy. I mean, the idea that he is the leader of God's people just makes you cringe. And you see, like like one of the stories starts with, and Samson went down to this village to sleep with a prostitute. <laughs> And there's like four or five stories, and they don't even really address it. But that's just how, that's how Samson lived his life. This constant disobedience, and yet he's supposed to be leading God's people. So you're in this period where you've got that kind of leader. The next, the next person after that is the prophet Eli. And Eli is also sort of serving in this judge role, and he does a pretty decent job. But right after him are his sons, and Eli's sons tell me, some things, there's nothing new under the sun. I mean, Eli's sons are, are leading the temple, and, and when people like you and me would come there and they would give money to them or they would give sacrifices, if they didn't like the sacrifice, they would yell at these people and they would send them back and they would make them come back with more. And their whole idea was gaining their own personal wealth at the expense of everybody sort of in the congregation. I mean, right, some things... You know, it's been going on forever and it continues to today. These people using uh, what was really the church to profit for themselves. And so then you, these people, again, supposed to be leading Israel, and this is what you see them doing. Eli, the judge, the prophet, knows that his sons are doing it, and he kind of gives them this real finger wag and says, you boys are doing bad, and uh, that's about it. And then he just kind of lets them continue taking advantage of all the people who come to the temple. And so what's happening for Israel is, is in the lack of good leadership in these days, just like the leaders, they're just disobedient. And in these days, for this long period of time, you're just finding Israel being completely disobedient. And in that disobedience lies the first truth. And it's the reality that obedience always comes before hearing God. Obedience always comes before hearing God. It's not until this young, obedient Samuel comes along does God really begin to speak again. And the voice of God is, is awakened and you begin to hear this, see this totally different time in the nation of Israel. But it's not until you have this obedient leader that God begins to do that. So I'd say that if you've been having trouble, if you feel like you've been having trouble really hearing what God is saying to you, the question is, have you been obedient to the things that you know God wants you to do? I mean, there are some things that we just know He wants us to do. We don't have to, we don't really have to have this, this extra, uh, communion with Him. There are some things that we just know. Are we being faithful to do the things that we know God wants us to do? Or are we largely ignoring that kind of thing? Are we largely ignoring the big things that God has called us to do that we already know? Um, right down the hall from an office, they put in a daycare. So it's pretty awesome. Um, lots of babies crying all throughout the day. One of the kids has the lungs. It's like a future Whitney Houston. I mean, this kid screaming all day, super loud. And when they first moved in, it was, it was, it was great for productivity because there were no naps being had throughout the whole day. 
and uh, and they're super loud. And uh, and now moving forward slowly and slowly as I try to tune them out, I don't really hear them that much anymore. And I kind of forget how loud they are until somebody comes for a meeting with my office and I see them struggling to focus because there are kids just screaming their faces off right down the hall. And uh, and the reality is, and, and you know this, the more that you ignore something, the easier it gets to ignore it. The more that you ignore something, the harder it is to hear it later. And so maybe in your life, you've got to this point where where the idea of hearing God on some level just seems impossible. And you even think that people that, that might say something about hearing God are a little bit cuckoo because it just seems like something that's so far from your own reality. But ignoring what little bit God has, has called you to do, the, the peace that you do know, has, has made you deaf to His voice. And in seasons of my life, in those times where I feel like, like, like I'm like, God, I, I want to do what you want me to do, I just don't know what that is. And then I can look around at all these different pockets where I'm saying, but I know you want me to do that, but I, I don't want to do that one yet. Can you give me the other thing and I'll come back to that one? And the more that I ignore him, the less that I can hear him. And some of you guys are just like me. You do that very thing. You say, well, well, God, I'll listen to you if you'll first tell me what it is I have to do. What are you telling me to do? What are you telling me to give up? Then I'll really let you know if I'm going to be faithful. On my way here, I, I just i am constantly reminded of this thing that there's... You know, I won't bear all my sins in front of you, right? But, but it, in, in my life, I have this, there's always, you know, I say to God, I say, God, I want you to, 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 to bless the church and to grow the church. And I want you to, to bless my, my business and grow it. And I want you to do great things in the life of my family. And then, and, and as I'm praying that and I'm saying, God, tell me what you want me to do. Tell me, you know, I just, all I want to do is, is what you want me to do. And even as I'm praying that, I'm thinking, what might I have to change that God could really use me? And then there's this thing that comes in my mind all the time. And, and I go, God, give me the power to, to give that up. And even in the back of my mind, even as I'm saying it, I'm going, no, I'm not really going to do that. <laughs> like even as I'm saying it, I'm like, you know, I, you know, I, I know that. And even I'm thinking, give me the power to do it. Huh? I don't really want to do it. I just know how challenging it is, and it's all wrapped in my own ambition, and it's all wrapped in, in me wanting to, to be important and to feel important. And even though I know so often that's the thing, I just I can't help. I, I just got this grasp on it. But who knows what it may be that, that God's calling you to give up, and maybe it's income, and, and look, I mean, that's another one of those things where verbally I say, God, I will give up anything for you. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, but as long as it's not my paycheck or any portion of it. Maybe it's some, some of your time. Maybe it's some of your time that God is really calling you to give up. Um, maybe it's just that, that you've, you finally found a good rhythm for what you like to do on Saturdays. And maybe God's gonna, 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 gonna really tap into that. You know, and you don't know. Maybe it's something God's calling you to give up. Maybe for me, years ago, it was maybe God calling me to, to be a missionary. And, and I happened to get one, get to be one of these missionaries that lives not too far from, from my family and where I grew up. And that's really nice. But for a while, I, I you know, I had to really, it was, I, I couldn't say, if, if I had said, God, I want to do what you want me to do. And he said, well, it's going to be New Orleans. I'd have been like, yeah, I can do that. That one's easy. 
But before I could know, I had to say, God, I'm going to give it up to you completely, wherever you want me to go, no matter how far it is. And then I got to know what it was. But before then, it just wasn't clear. Because obedience has to come before we get to hear the thing. Um, have you ever watched those old episodes of, of Let's Make a Deal? How many of you have ever watched Let's Make a Deal? Okay. All the old people raise their hands. All right. Um, okay, so I, I've only watched a couple episodes. We had a newer version of it not long ago. But, but you know, what would happen, for those of you that don't know, is, um, is you would have, and, and you guys probably correct me, I'll be wrong. Just don't correct me. Just assume I'm right. But you'd have like a door, you know, it, you'd have something in your hand. And, and in order to see, like, the door or the curtain, to see what's behind the next one, you had to give up what you had in your hand. And so if you had something good, then obviously you're, you're like, do you want to see what's behind door number two? And you'd say no, and, and then you get to keep what you had, and then they open it to be like a new house and a new car, just something incredible. And then you'd be so disappointed you kept, you know, the, these snicker bar or something that you had. Uh, but, but that was the whole idea is that, you know, you couldn't see what was behind the next door until you were completely ready to give up what you had in your hand. And I think this is much like that. And we don't begin to hear where, see where God is leading us or hear what He has to say to us until we're ready to say, God, I'm ready to give up on all the things that I'm holding in my hand. And all the things that I want for me. If we're going to hear the voice of God, obedience is first. Obedience is first. And then God begins to reveal to us what he's called us to do. So the real question is, what keeps you from that obedience? Man, I know mine, boy, it pops in immediately. What keeps you from that obedience? Is it some doubt that God's plan will actually provide good things? You know, I, like I trust God, but I trust me more. And so when it comes to plans, I just have some good things planned, and I'm not sure if the things that God has planned, if I listen to Him, are going to be better than the things that I have planned. Is it some selfish ambition? God, I want to do what you want me to do, but I really want these other things. And so what I'm thinking is I'm going to do these things, and then when I get them all, I'm going to come back, and then I'm going to come to you, and then, then you can do with me whatever you want. Is it a, just a desire to do the things that I want to do? I've been through a whole lot of garbage in life, or I've been through the real, I've been through all this, and this time is going to be mine. And so God, I just, you know, is, is that the thing that keeps you, is just, just wanting to command your own schedule? Sometimes what keeps us from being, an obedi- being obedient is an inability to get our, our parents, our spouse, our children on board. You know, that can be a challenging one. It's challenging to be obedient if you feel like somebody's pulling against you. That All kind of things keep us from disobedience. There's a quote that I want to read to you. It says, Our spiritual ear will never hear his voice if we have a personal agenda to which we are already committed. And this one speaks volumes to me. Our spiritual ear will never hear his voice if we have a personal agenda to which we are already committed. Just to sort of wind up this point, if you bought the book, and I don't know if you if you read um, some someone's in there, it's really good, it's really rich, but there's one story she tells in there, and she tells a story about her son, and they're they're out in the backyard and they're playing, and uh, and she uh, and she notices he starts whimpering and things. She walks over and she sees his hand stuck in a jar, 
and uh, and she she looks and and then she realizes that it's just because he's got his fist balled up that he can't get his hand out, and and so she tells him to to unclench his fist, uh, but then she realizes he's got something in his hand. It's like an acorn or something, acorn acorn. I don't know how you say it, but he's got one of those things in his hand, and he's just squeezing it, and and he's he's he wants it so bad that he's not willing to let it go, and she's trying to explain to him, look, you can get your hand out and have the thing too if you'll just listen to me. But he's so certain that he's that, that if he lets go, he's going to lose all the, the thing that he wants. And so she said he spends the rest of the afternoon with the jar on his hand. And that couldn't be more me sometimes. Just hanging on to this little bitty thing and God is saying, I'm going to give you that and more. But you've got to let go. And I just struggle to let go. Any wise person, that person who was standing next to us 20 years ago when we wish we could have known all the things then that we know now, who's telling us all the things that, that, that we know now, you know, like all, all that, that confused me a little bit as I said it. But, um, but man, if I would just listen to that voice, if I would just hear what God has to say and let the thing go, and He promises great things. The story continues. We pick it up in verse 10. So I skip a little bit. 1 Samuel chapter 3. Pick it up in verse 10. It says, The Lord came. So, so uh, in between 1 and 9, you hear God is calling uh, Samuel. And Samuel thinks it's Eli. And uh, it's, it's, it's actually like this audible voice, or at least it's audible in his mind. And so, and, and finally, Eli realizes, hey, it's not, you know, obviously it's not me calling you Samuel. It's God. So, so next time he calls you, I want you, I want you to listen to him. So verse 10. Says the Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. And then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, See, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. At that time I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family from beginning to end. For I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about. His sons blasphemed God, and he failed to restrain them. This part of the story highlights the reality that obeying and hearing God is not easy. Neither one of those two things. The obedience that comes before hearing is not easy. Hearing what God calls us to do is not easy. And this story, Samuel had lived with Eli since he was a small child. And he had, had adored Eli, and Eli is the, is the, is the, serving as the judge in Israel, and he's the prophet, and, and Samuel has come to, to admire him, and then God comes and says, what's about to happen, and what you're gonna have to tell Eli is that, is that I'm gonna judge him, and I'm gonna judge his whole family, and I'm gonna judge his children, especially harshly. And this is the message. He finally, he's been faithful and God finally comes to him and, and shares this with him. And this is what he shares. He comes to learn that, that soon after he's going to take Eli's place and he's going to serve in this role and he's going to be a prophet and he's going to have the incredible task of leading this whole nation of Israel in a time when the voice of the Lord is rare because the people just don't want to hear what God has to say. I mean, I can't tell you the agony of being a pastor and feeling like people that you're preaching to could care less about what you have to say. And, he's, and God tells him, this is going to be your job. 
I mean, obeying God is challenging. Hearing the things that God calls us to do is often equally challenging. Being obedient in your own life when when people around you are not seeking that same thing, it can seem nearly impossible. And when you're seeking to be obedient, and maybe here on Sunday morning, you, you're like, you know what, I'm going to do it. And, and you are all in, and during the prayer time, you're, you're praying about it, and then you walk out, and, and, and first thing, or midweek, you get surrounded by people that are not about the same things, and all of a sudden, it's so easy to just forget all that. That seems like an insurmountable task, given all the things that are around you. I've known missionaries, I've known lots of missionaries, and student missionaries, people that were, that were adults and going to the mission field, whose family criticized them immensely for taking their family somewhere unsafe. They asked them questions, how will you pay for your kid's college? You're not going to be making any money. You know, how, 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 are, how can you do all this to your family? It seems incredibly irresponsible. And for them to hear what God had to say and then to go do it was incredibly challenging. And they went through this long season of saying, God, is this really what you want me to do? Because I was so certain, but now I'm not certain. And hearing God and being obedient to God is so challenging when other people say, that's not God. That's not really the thing. Here's a reality that you can bank on. We finish up the passage here. Here's a reality that you can bank on as you, as you commit to being faithful, as you commit to being obedient, you begin to hear the voice of God. Verse 19. Verse 19, the Lord was with Samuel as he grew up, and he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh, and there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. The reality, the truth that you can bank on is that the Lord will be with you. You will hear his voice, and he will bless you. That's the way you see it in his life, and it's true in our own. The, the, the truth is, when we're faithful to hear God, and when we're faithful to do what he, what he calls us to do, he says, I'm guaranteeing you this, that I will be with you, that you will continue to hear my voice, and most importantly, that I will bless you. And all the things that you're concerned about, all the different pieces that you're concerned about following me, the things you may have to give up and the challenges that may come with that, God says, I will be with you, you will hear my voice, and I will bless you. I want to pause for just a minute and, and, and ask you to imagine with me how great it would be if, if you consistently, just over and over, decided to take great leaps of faith. How cool would this be? Because some of us have never seen this in our lives, even once. How cool would it be if you just decided to take a great leap of faith, having no idea, seeing all the, and, 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 and I mean responsibly, not like I really want to do something, so I'm going to say it's God. You know, I mean, I mean a real movement of God in your own life, and you, you just faithfully said, I'm going to jump, and I'm going to say, God, what do you want me to do? And, and I'm not going to know how it ends, but I'm just going to do it. And how cool would it be to see over and over when you're faithful to do that, to see God solve all the problems and put all the things in place? How cool would that be? A thing that you weren't even sure that God, you heard people tell the stories, but you weren't even certain that God really actually did that in people's lives. But what if we live lives that were characterized by great leaps of faith? 
And we consistently saw God put all the pieces together. You see in the story of Abraham in the Old Testament, first God tells him to leave his family and, and, and go to a new land. And in that day and time, you didn't just leave your family and go to a new land. I mean, your family was, was everything that you had, but he's faithful to leave and to go. And then he, and then he tells him to, uh, to, to have a son. And, uh, and then he, you know, and, and, is, and Abraham believes that God's going to be faithful, that he's going to have a son. And he turns a hundred. And I don't know how many hundred year olds, you know, that are getting pregnant these days, but it's not super common. And, and, but yet he has a child when he's like a hundred. And, and, and so, cause he believed God. And then years later, his God tells him, I need you to sacrifice your son. What? You promised me when I left home that you were going to make me into a great nation, and then you promised me I was going to have a son, and I've seen you, and, and I've seen you do these incredible things, and I took these great leaps of faith, but I'm not sure how this one's going to work out. How am I going to be made into a great nation if I take the life of my own son? And also, isn't that sin? I'm not sure how this works out, God. But instead of asking all those questions, you know what the text says when God asked, asked Abraham to do something incredibly huge? It says he woke up early the next morning and he got going. And what happened, of course, God delivered him and he, and he didn't have to sacrifice his son and all the promises that God made came true. What if we lived lives that were characterized by great leaps of faith and over and over we saw God come through? Wouldn't that be incredible? It sounds exciting. It sounds fulfilling. It sounds challenging, but it sounds incredibly worth it. So what I pray that we would do is, is, is my prayer for us today especially is that we would begin to leave all the obstacles that keep us between ourselves and obedience. That we would leave all the obstacles that keep us between ourselves and obedience. So that over the course of the next six weeks, as we begin to talk about how we might hear the voice of God, that we would actually begin to be able to do it. Let's pray. God, I pray just that right now, just that and only that, that we would commit to obedience. And, and even if we know so little about you and so little about what you call us to do, that we would commit to that little bit and say, God, I'm just going to be obedient. I know this little thing that you're calling me to do, and I'm going to do it. And I pray that we would begin to put aside all the obstacles that we've put in between us and God and obedience. Pride, ambition, and any other thing that I'm swelled through our mind today. God, I pray that we would just begin to put those things aside and that we might begin to hear you. Amen.